Well, thank you very much, choir, for that splendid, wonderful rendition of uh, the, the hymn, Joy to the World, and the classic, wonderful. I have, I have uh, sung that when I was in third year high school, when I first joined the choir at the City Alliance Church in General Santos City, and that's way back in 1983. <laughs> I was singing tenor, and my voice was... Uh, Nothing comparing today. <laughs> That's a gift from the Lord and praise the Lord for that. Oh, please join me in prayer. Lord, we ask you for your anointing. We ask the Holy Spirit's uh, thoughts, your word, your leading, your guidance. And we just give to you the credit, Lord, for the message and for the result or the outcome that the, the preaching of your word would give today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hear stories of people who have encounters uh, supernaturally. Some people say they have seen angels. And some people say they, they have seen a ghost. Some don't know what they have encountered. Well, we hear some people who could tell clearly what they have received as a message out of their experience. Some even have written books based on their experience as supernatural experience, encounter with the unknown. Now, these human encounters of the unknown are uh, nothing comparing to the encounter of the shepherds with the God of the universe through the angels. The God of the Bible revealed his son, the birth, the coming uh, of the son through uh, Joseph, Mary, and Zechariah, and here with the angels. Luke chapter 2 records this strange but wonderful encounter of the shepherds with God through the angels. Let's go through the passage this time, and uh, we'll watch a video, video that will... Uh, Help us to walk through the passage in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20.
good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You will find a child wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I'd like to give uh, a short 
background of the story. And Carol uh, told the children about this. As the time of Jesus' birth approached, Caesar Augustus had declared an empire-wide census. So all the people of Palestine went uh, to the towns of their birth to be registered. And, and this brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. According to Luke chapter 2, verse 4, they belonged to the line and house of David. Tired and exhausted, Joseph tried to find and accommodations when they reached their destination. There was no room in the inns. Uh, they were fully booked. But Joseph found a stable. Uh, probably it was, it's a cave at the back of an inn. The Bible said Jesus was born right in such a humble place. It was an ordinary birth. No doctors, no midwives. Mary did not have any bed to lie down. And there are no fine linens to cover the baby. It was so simple birth. Now, while the manger was silent, he could only hear the sounds of the animals, maybe some insects and the cry of the baby, the infant Jesus. And while there was silence all over the town, the fields outside Bethlehem, outside of that town, resounded with shouts of joy. What was happening? Now, while Joseph and Mary uh, were rejoicing over the birth of Jesus, there was a heavenly celebration in the field nearby. What happened? The shepherds encountered God through the angels. But why the shepherds? Who are they? And what was special about them? It was a surprise that God chose the shepherds to be the, to be the people to hear the message of the birth of Jesus Christ. The angel appeared to some people before that, like uh, Joseph, Mary, uh, Zechariah, and the, the, the angel announced to them that a baby will be born. And the very birth, the very day or night that Jesus, the infant Jesus, came into this world, the announcement was given to the shepherds. So it was a surprise. The shepherds were out with their flock in the field at winter time. It was not unusual the shepherds would stay out in the cold weather because uh, although Israel's winters are usually cool, they are short. So they are there. The shepherds are there in, that, uh, in the middle of the night in the fields with their flock. Uh, winter starts from... December to February, and at the same time, rains begin to fall from December through February. And Jewish history suggests that the flocks remained even through the rain together with the shepherds. So we can imagine uh, the miserable conditions into which the angel majestically appeared with a message. Majestically. The angel appeared in that situation, in that condition, to the shepherds. 
And you know what? They, the, the angel carried a message that, not, that was not heard since the days of Isaiah. It was mentioned by, by Pastor Mike last Sunday. 400 years of silence until this message came to Joseph, to Mary, to Zechariah, and now the shepherds. It was among these lowly people. As we look at it, there was nothing really special about the shepherds. They, they, they are not only dirty, but they smelled like the animals. Imagine they lived with the animals all their lives. They have always been dirty because they could not go to the towns and wash themselves. They could not even have the, the opportunity to observe the hand-washing rules and all the regulations required by the Jewish religion. And to make matters worse, they, kept, they were kept from the temple for weeks because they cannot just leave their flock in the field. As Carol said, they were so diligent, they were so hardworking, they could not just leave their flocks. So they could not be made clean in the eyes of the Jewish law. They are dirty. They were dirty. Speaking of the ancient times, during these times. These are some of the reasons why shepherds were despised and mistrusted by the people. They were thought to be shrewd, dishonest, and robbers, and thieves. They were looked down on as being part of the lowest class of the lowest class in their society. And literally, they are among the poorest, among the poor. Well, they had their work, they had the job that was better than being beggars. I remember a story of the boy who lost the entire family, the, his parents and his siblings in the recent typhoon in the Philippines. He was interviewed on TV two nights ago. We watched that. Uh, he was selling, he is now selling cigarettes, cigars, and candies. But before he did that, he went begging for money. And uh, some volunteers took notice of him. He's about 11 or 12 years old, boy. And, and he was asked, why are you begging? Uh, find some, some work in, in the town. But you know, he answered, if only I have my parents now and my siblings, I will not be doing this. But I have to do this to, to earn money as capital so I could buy some stuff, some merchandise to sell. Now he is selling cigarettes and candies in the town. He lost his family. But he is working in a manner that he is able to do, to feed himself. Of course, some people uh, is giving or are giving him money right now. It's something like that. The, the shepherds had their job, but it was better than being beggars. Nothing is really special about the shepherds, that God would announce the birth of his son to them. Yet, God invited them to go and see the child. God invited them to go and celebrate with Mary and Joseph. God, in the sense, God led them toward Jesus. These lowly shepherds, the ordinary people, would be invited by no less than God himself, the God of the universe, the God of the Bible. And he said, 
go ahead. The town is just nearby. It's not far from this place. You will do this, you will do that, you will do this. And you'll find that what I am telling you now through the angels is true. How did that happen? An angel appeared to them that night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. God's angel stood in front of them or among them. That's what the scripture says. And God's glory blazed on them. They were frightened. They were terrified. You know what? This is a usual reaction of an unsuspecting person to a supernatural occurrence. They were humans. If you are walking on streets where uh, there's total darkness, there are no street lights, and then all of a sudden, there is a supernatural occurrence. As you could see, uh, a bright light will uh, come before you, and someone is speaking to you. I'm sure you'll be afraid. (laughs) You'll be scared. But look, here, the angel assured them with uh, good news. He assured them that his presence was not meant to harm them. What did he say? Do not be afraid. I am here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. It is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So the good news is for all the people. While they were scared, that, while they, that the shepherds were feeling like they were uh, stunned and they could not move themselves, they are immobile, immobile uh, the angel assured them, no, 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 I will not harm you. I am bringing you good news, and this good news is for all the people worldwide. This is global. And they heard. They heard the angel announce the birth of Jesus. This was the good news. The angel said, Today, in the town of David, a Savior been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Friends, a Savior has been born in David's town. And prophecy says David's town is Bethlehem. A Savior, He is the Messiah. And He is the Master. He is the Son of God. This is what you are to look for. In the sense, the angel was telling the shepherds, this is what you are going to look for. A baby is lying in a manger wrapped in cloths, ordinary cloth, lying in that manger. And after the angel announced the birth of Jesus, the shepherds saw and heard a host of heavenly uh, hosts praising God. And the, the, the passage in Luke 2, 13 to 14, these verses tells us that suddenly the, a great company of heavenly hosts joined the angel that announced the birth of Jesus, and they were singing. They were praising God. What did they say? They say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. In the New Living Translation, this is what we read. Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That is, Clear. And the, the message version, 
Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please Him. Now wait a minute. There's a message right here. Peace to those with whom He is pleased. Peace for whom? Peace among men on whom His favor rests. In the sense, this peace that Christ brings doesn't automatically be received by all people in the world. Only those who please Him. And how can we say that? The news, the good news was for everybody. Here is Jesus Christ. He is my Son, the Savior, the Messiah. He will be the Lamb that will take away the sins of the world. He is indeed. But the angels proclaimed one truth about the work of the Messiah. I bring peace to, in this earth. But this peace will rest. My favor will rest only to those ones who please Him. Remember that in the scripture Jesus said that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. And John himself, in the book of John, in the gospel of John, he came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave, he gave the power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Right? And those who believe in his name by faith pleases God. That's what the book of Hebrews says. For it is impossible to please God without faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is very clear. That's scriptural. And so that means Jesus came. The good news was announced to them, to, to all men. And here comes Jesus Christ. But how can we have the peace that he brings? Put faith in Jesus Christ, in what he could do. And now we think of what he has done on the cross. Put your faith in him. That is the message. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding shall rest on you. Remember that this peace is some kind of uh, the absence of conflict between God and man. The absence of all these rifts and walls that divide God and man. And it goes on that everyone who puts their faith and had received that faith, uh, that peace in their hearts will go on living with that peace. That even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of trouble, they have that peace. A peace that surpasses human understanding. And that promise was given only to all his disciples. The peace I leave with you, the peace I give to you, this world cannot give. That is what you have. Because on the first place, you put your faith on me. There's a great truth in that. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men with whom he is pleased. Men who would believe. Now let's look at the shepherd's response to what they saw and heard. First, when the angels had, le when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has told us about. So what they did is they heard of and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. They had the desire to find the baby, which was truly the natural outcome out of that experience with the angels. They got the desire 
and that desire became uh, an urgency to them. Let's go and find the baby. But they did not only found the baby, they found the parents in that manger as they were told by the angel. So they went and found Jesus and saw that what they were told. Luke indicates that the shepherds were very close. Close enough to get there not long after Jesus's, Jesus was born on this earth. He may have been only a few hours old when they arrived at the manger where he lays. Let's say one hour. Let's say the appearance and all this conversation that had happened between the angels and the shepherds took in about 30 minutes. And in 30 minutes, they ran to the village and one hour or more, more or less one hour or a few hours, they, they reached the village and they saw Jesus. They searched. And what else? In verses 17 to 18, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what has been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They told Mary what had happened in, in the field. They said, you know what? Mary, Joseph, an angel announced this birth. And true enough, we are looking at what has been told about this baby. They stood as a witness to what they have heard and seen. They plainly spoke about what they have seen and about what they have learned regarding the child, Jesus. Remember that shepherds during those times did not have the privilege of standing on the courts to testify or stand as witnesses because they were uneducated. They were nothing. They were not educated. They could not understand the Jewish lit, uh, scriptures. They could not even understand uh, what has been stated in the law. They were not allowed to stand in the courts. But here, look, they didn't only spoke with great power, but those who heard what they said were amazed. They were so impressed. I could have believed that. They were the, the shepherds who are the, the poorest among the poor, <laughs> the lowest among the lowest class. They were testifying about the birth of Jesus and people who heard them were amazed. And what else? They worshipped God. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. They returned to the field to watch their sheep. They were glorifying God and worshipping Him. You know what? They, they praised the Lord. Praise was that what, what characterized the shepherds when they went back to the field. I, I could not imagine how happy they were, how glad they were, how, how full was their hearts with joy. It was an overflowing joy that they were praising the Lord. They were praising God. That was, had characterized the, 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 the shepherds when they go back to the field. Praise is a fundamental part of the Christian faith. And our praise grows through encountering God daily. Obviously, God had a specific purpose why he announced the birth of his son to the shepherds. Perhaps because of the work that they did. They were tending the sheep and they would understand why uh, God himself would reveal later that the, that the child that they were gazing, that they were uh, looking at, will be the lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. 
and they would understand uh, even when they put their uh, first step inside that cave, inside the, the stable, because they were used to it. What if it was a dignitary who would be called to go inside that stable? The dignitary will say, oh, that's stinking, dirty place. But the shepherds would understand. Whatever it is, God had a purpose. These men who was the sheep, and they were watching, they were seeing the sheep, the lamb of God. That is the whole story in this passage. Now, we are being called to respond. We are called to respond. There are three ways that the shepherds responded to their experience, to their encounter with God himself. First, they searched for the baby. You know, the scripture tells us that Christ came for everyone. Amen? The scriptures, the Bible tells us clearly that Christ came for everyone. He came for the poor. He came for the rich. He came for the educated and the least educated in this world. He came for the Jews and to the non-Jews. The coming of Jesus Christ is not just for one segment uh, of society, in one segment in our world today. It is for all of us. It is global. Now, you may feel like you are an important person. Or perhaps you feel that you are a VIP, a very important person. You may be an ordinary working worker in your workplace, or maybe you are a CEO. You may have been raised in a Christian home, or perhaps you have grown in a home where the name of Jesus Christ uh, was not even mentioned. It doesn't matter. The Bible says, it's very simple. Jesus did not come to be the Savior of only some. He came to, do, to be the Savior of all mankind. God sent His Son for everyone. But there is a need for every human being to search for Him. The Bible promises that anyone who seeks Jesus will find Him. Like the shepherds. There is a promise in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29. Where we are told. But from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart. And with all your soul. You will find him. Friends. We cannot wait that an angel would appear to us today. And say go to that place and you will find this thing. Go to that place and you will find God. We have the Bible. Whether you have been growing as a Christian in the church, or whether you are uh, someone who is seeking for the truth, you've got the Bible, search what the Bible tells about the Savior, and you will find Him. The promise is for us. Go search Jesus Christ, the truth about the scriptures, about God, about the Savior, about yourself, about what you have in Christ, and about what relationship Christ has for you. Everything that you are looking for, you are searching, is found here. And the Bible says, if you faithfully and sincerely searching for the truth, and for the Lord Jesus Christ himself, you will find him. Witness. The shepherds, 
just told others about the angels and about Jesus Christ. It was not that simple for them. Given that they were despised and looked down on by people, they testified about Jesus with full conviction and power. They did not care about what people was, were thinking about them. They knew that people were looking down on them. They knew that they were despised and cast out. They were only for the field. Good for the shepherds. <laughs> but with full conviction, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, being inspired by God Himself, they testified. Today, friends, we can do the same. No matter who you are and what your status is in life, you can be a witness about Jesus Christ. We all have a reason to light this candle. Yesterday, someone received the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's praise the Lord for that. That lady received a gift. It's a glass. But more importantly, that lady received the Savior of the world. We can be a witness. We find God and everything about God through the Bible. Now, if we really have found Him, we should have already understood how He loved the lost and the spiritually poor. If you have compassion for the lost, it means that you have understood uh, the heart of God for the poor and for the needy. If your heart is beating for people in China and other parts of the world, you have fully understood that God had come to seek and save that which was lost through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't want that anyone should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. Friends, let us open our mouths and proclaim the love of the Savior to all men. And lastly, they worship God. They worship God. The shepherds return glorifying and worshiping God is just the right response of those who have heard and found Jesus Christ. So I think this tells us that the most appropriate way to approach the birth of Jesus Christ is not with our culture's seasonal obsession with things, but worship. During Christmas time, during Christmas seasons, we uh, panic, uh, go to shopping malls and uh, all the malls and stores and buy gifts. We even do that six months before Christmas <laughs> or a few months before Christmas. Well, that is our culture. That has been the tradition. There's nothing wrong about that. But remember, more than that, we worship God. That is the, the appropriate way to approach Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ. Anyone who has met the Christ of Christmas knows, like the shepherds, that our first response is to worship and adore Him. Amen? Worship is an attitude of the heart. It is not dependent of anything that happens in the world. A heart that worships will never be disheartened, even when things won't turn out as we expected. Things that we expect to happen in the church sometimes ruins our heart that's supposed to be worshiping the Lord. 
we don't see our friends in the church and we are disheartened. We don't hear our favorite hymns and we are disheartened. Where is our heart that worship the Lord? And some younger ones in the church, if they only hear hymns being sung in the church, they, they, they are disheartened, dis, dis, discouraged. They don't want the way the old rooms. And those who are advancing in years are singing and worshiping the Lord in the church. It is an attitude of the heart. A heart that worships will never be disheartened even when things won't turn out as we expected. Even when the beautiful oceans become tsunamis that wipe out an entire city. Some people uh, would feel that they would like to worship the Lord, that they worship really the Lord when they are on high mountains and when they are looking at the vast ocean. But what happens to your heart that worships if those oceans rise up and wipes an entire city like Tacloban City in Leyte? Would you still say, I worship you, Lord, because I see these floods? It is an attitude of the heart. We see mountains and that speaks of the glory of God. Nothing is wrong about that. That's scriptural. You worship the Lord when you see His creation. But what happens if those mountains eroded because of excessive rains? And you still say, Oh Lord, those mountains that speak of your glory are now gone. What happens to your heart that worships? A heart that worships is not disheartened even when you have learned you have a dreaded disease. I, I know one person in our former church in Pasay City in Metro Manila whose heart and spirit truly worshiped the Lord even to the last. Uh, I mean, when he breathed his, her last. We call her uh, Tita, uh, Tita Rose. On her sickbed, people were crying. Toward the, the end of her life, when she was gasping for air because she could not breathe anywhere, uh, anymore because of the cancer that she had. She was dying only a few minutes. The people that surrounded her were crying. But you know what she said? Why are you crying? Why are you sad? I'm going to our Creator. Her heart was worshiping the Lord. Even from the start that she learned that she had cancer and she was going through uh, medications and, and all other processes to lengthen her life, we could see joy in her face. She smiled at everyone. She shared the word of God. She sang worship songs in the church joyfully. And to her last, she comforted the mourners. You know, for me, even when the shepherds were not educated and were regarded as cast out in the society, they were wise enough to follow where God is leading. So my question right now is this. Where is God leading you? God invited the shepherds and led them to Jesus. That is clear. It's not after one year. It's not on the birthday of Jesus Christ. That was the very birth of Jesus Christ. It's not after a year that he invited people to go and join the birthday celebration. Right on that night, God invited the shepherds. In the sense, he led them to Jesus Christ. And that speaks a a powerful message to me. He's not thinking of your status in life. Whether you're a child... A young people, those who are 
advancing in years, whatever your status in life, you are being invited and being led by God toward Jesus Christ. Whether you have been growing as a Christian, whether you are right now, if you do not have Jesus in your heart, you are being invited by Jesus Christ, by God himself to go search the baby here. Where God is leading you. Perhaps you feel God is leading you to join a community group if you have been a member of this church. <laughs> and there you will grow more as you encounter God together with other people in the class. Perhaps God is leading you to a discipleship class. Uh, perhaps God is leading you to join a missionary ministry and grow while you are uh, encountering God right there when you do missions. Perhaps God is leading you right now to pray for the sick. And you'll see what the Lord will do. And that will, cost, uh, will, will give you opportunity to grow. Perhaps God is leading you to open your heart and pray to receive Jesus right now into your life as your Savior and Lord. You know, we cannot really celebrate the birth of Jesus until we decide to accept God's gift of salvation through His Son. The truest form of worship is when we decide to give God our lives. And we do not, we will no longer uh, argue about what is the right form of worship because worship is an attitude of the heart. The Bible tells us that uh, Paul and Silas who were in prison because their hearts were worshiping the Lord even in the midst of trouble, in that difficult situation, they sang worship songs to the Lord. That is because their hearts on the first place were worshiping God. Uh, Habakkuk, the, the book of Habakkuk tells us something like this. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. You can be silent and say, Lord, I worship you. Because on the first place, even in the midst of silence, your heart is worshiping. And in the book of Psalms, we are told that People express their worship by jumping, by shouting and dancing and singing, playing instruments and singing songs to God. Only God has prescribed the way to approach Him. Only God has prescribed the way to worship Him. I mean to express your worship to God. What matters is our heart. If we have received Jesus already in our hearts, and we should already have the sense of His presence, an awareness of His presence makes us to worship Him in its truest sense. My dear friends, as we close this message, I'd like us to sing with us. While you're contemplating and pondering these words in your heart, sing the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. We sing this during Christmas time, right? But you know what? This hymn doesn't only remind us of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, but this leads us to look forward to His second coming. This is the, this is the complete message of it. We were told about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were told that Jesus Christ came in this world. He was the light and this light became, became life to all men or life became light to all men. Even when others or millions of people or the majority did not receive Jesus Christ and they don't receive Jesus Christ even right now, we have received Him. And while we are doing the ministries of the Lord, while we are serving Him and worshiping Him, we look at His second coming. We look forward to the time when Jesus would come again to set us free from fear and sin. That is the greatest message and news that we have ever received in this world. Amen. May I invite you to 
to stand with us. And let's just sing this beautiful hymn. Come thou long expected Jesus. <laughs>